0: So one of my favorite Swedish—I don't know why I love Swedish road signs because they're amazing. Something it solves the problem of that very neatly. It's the uh, so when you are approaching ferry crossings in Sweden, there's a lot of signs to let you know, like you're, there's a ferry coming up ahead, be careful, da da da. But then my favorite icon is to indicate where the edge of the road is because the road just stops because you drive onto the ferry, and it's a drawing of a car driving off into the road, in, or off the road into the water, <laughs> and it just like it's super clear like, ramping that's exactly out. what's gonna happen. Here. Yeah, it's just like this poor guy, and he's like at one wheel, and he's like, goodbye. Hello, and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja, and with me is Ian Fuchs. So, Chase, I heard you had a baby this week. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> so Chase is not with us this week because yes, he had uh, a new baby. Uh so instead Ian and I uh, are just going to stare each other down and have a conversation for a while. So Ian, you want to talk about icons? <laughs> Do we want to talk about icons? I want to talk about icons.
1: I had no idea an eject symbol was going to be so controversial.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I, it just like <clears throat> So I strongly believe that if you're going to make an interface, just say what you mean and don't try to get cute about it. And I think using any symbol for logout is getting cute about it. Unless you can I don't know, somehow come up with a visual indicator of logout. And maybe that's like an arrow, like leaving a door or something like that. So I, I did the, uh, a- after we had had this whole discussion and you were
1: like, I just can't think of a better metaphor or that that metaphor doesn't work or whatever. So I just, just Google search Um log out button or log out icon yeah
0: and I was like
1: god some of these are terrible
0: yeah well because everybody has like an arrow leaving a box or the power button yes and those are not like those are different things like a power button the power button I think is the best it's the closest because it's at least similar to what you're trying to do which is end your it's like terminate my session I'm done using this thing but it implies you can turn it back on later don't make that face tell me. me
1: tell me how that that is a better or more accurate metaphor than the eject symbol though because that's like the same idea like you're ejecting it and you can go
0: back in later the power button you're shutting off your session and you can turn it back on later it is (laughs) because the eject doesn't imply because inject is like refers to an object or peripheral or something like that it says like i'm done with this thing but let me still use anything that i took off of it whereas power button is saying like i'm done using this thing including anything i pulled off of it like it's Completely terminating my usage of this thing, whereas eject implies temporary. It's saying like Heck, I'm, I'm removing the storage because really that's what it is, right? It's storage. I'm removing the storage thing, but anything else that was on there, I still want to use. Eject is not the same as because nobody thinks about ejecting themselves from an interface. Like you're not gonna like push a little button and then get shot out out of your chair when you're done using the thing. Power is closer, but really what it is is like I'm done using your applications, so let me quit or log out. If it's an application, like. Like osx on a desktop application that's not a web application you don't press like an eject button or a power button to quit that application you go to the quit command and you quit it because you're done using it so with with a web app it's a log out uh, and i I'm, I'm gonna pull this up just to make sure that i am
1: correct before i say it um if i connect to a server at home and i want to disconnect from that server through osx through finder
0: what yeah i know where you're
1: going with this i know where you're going what is the button that terminates that session and logs me off of that server
0: no 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 see it's different though because you're not it's an eject button because you've mounted it into the (laughs) file system it so that means that osx is viewing it as an external drive it's totally it's i see what you're saying about logging out but the primary interaction there is not logging out because you could log out but still have that thing mounted and then that would be confusing because you couldn't interact with it when you eject it you are logging out and you're done with the things on it. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. No. So there's a difference too. In the terminal, you can SSH into something or you can mount something, but the commands to get rid of those things are different. You can exit your SSH session and that's the equivalent of logging out, but you eject a mounted drive that you've mounted remotely. But
1: the way you said it was you could log out of say a mounted disc
0: without unmounting it. Is that actually something you can do on a Mac? So I don't know if there's a way of doing that in OSX. I just know that like if you were doing it all through the terminal or something like that, if you weren't using any applications, it's something you technically can do because OSX doesn't know that it's there until you tell it that it's not. So you can like no longer maintain a connection to it. But OSX will still think, oh, there's a drive here because nobody's told me that there's not. But if you try to do anything on it, it'll throw an error at you. I don't know. To me, it just is that old school design language
1: or old school interface stuff that's it applies and makes sense to you because you know how to do things in the terminal. And so these terminal, these terms mean a certain thing to you, but for an average user of this site or service, is it, is it such a far removal from what you're actually doing that it doesn't make sense. And that was my point It's like not saying that it was a perfect idea. It was not a power button and it wasn't the little bracket with the arrow. It was something different that, at least conveyed more or less the correct message
0: but it totally doesn't because eject can mean anything in a context like that right like so like if you look at Trello and you like if you're looking at a board like if I click the eject button to log out from Trello which doesn't exist because I don't even know how you do it on there whatever doesn't matter but if like if you're looking at something where there's these different hierarchical layers or you're looking within a folder or within a driver or something like that or you have a distinct session like then eject loses all meaning um... Does it mean, like, end my interaction with this thing in the interface? Does it mean end my interaction with a specific part of it, with this hierarchy? Or does it mean leave? Or it could potentially mean any one of those things. Because when you start using it in context where it wasn't originally implied and designed for, then you start muddying the meaning of it. So now instead of eject meaning I'm done with this piece of storage, it now means, like, eject. Or I'm done with this thing. Or let's stop using this thing entirely. It just loses all context and information associated with it. I understand where you're coming from. I still don't necessarily agree.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but i i get what i get what you're saying and i i can see how it could be misconstrued or be confusing for somebody um but again the i i sent you the the screenshot of what it also looked like um and yes on mobile it was horrible because it, it, was, it was terrible because it was like about account and then just an eject sign and like about... and then God, and they, they took up the full width yeah, of the screen. It's like, like a little icon, and then the username, and a little icon, and about, and then just an icon with an eject, which should have said log off there, and then it wouldn't have seemed nearly right. as weird. But on the desktop... Or you should just combine them all in a full width menu bar, so have all three of them next well, to each yeah. other. Um, <laughs> I'm not defending their site. I don't, know. I don't even remember. It was some podcast site. I don't know. I just... <laughs> trying to spread the word and and discover this and thought it was interesting
0: um so people can hear me tell them how bad eject yeah, buttons right. are.
1: maybe they'll listen i think it's uh what is it podcastdiscovery.com i think that was what it yes. was um the uh the point i was making was just that it was it was different and it, it wasn't the same thing you see on every other site and the number of sites that i've seen so, with bad or worse icons Uh, seems much higher than the sites that I've seen with slightly controversial but still not totally terrible icon choices
0: right no no in that context I will grant you that it is far from the worst thing I've ever seen but it's also not ideal and that's what we're aiming for right when we design things we want to make them as good as possible I was just thinking an interesting corollary so what I was going to say is that it's fine to use a different to give an icon a different meaning if that icon is no longer in use, but we're still in a world where eject means not maybe not a CD or a floppy disk, God forbid, anymore, but it at least means like I have this thing mounted or I have like a remote thing, I've got the Dropbox or whatever, something like that. I think it's in common enough usage that you don't want to start m- messing around with what it means. And it got me thinking about the command key on OS X and the little icon there was originally a castle that came from the tourism symbol on Swedish signs. Cause originally it was meant like, here is a castle in Sweden, go take a look at it. And the only reason it got used here is because, uh, it, uh, I think it was just like unused in the ASCII spec or something like that. And so some designer at Apple was like, well, we'll just use that. It'll be that just looks fine. cool. <laughs> uh, And it looks cool, right. But for a while there, they didn't use it in Sweden because it was conflicting with the meaning of that icon already there. Uh, And I'm not saying that that means that just because Apple does it, everybody should do it. But I think it's an interesting message that, like, you should be really clear exactly what it means. And then, like, what, three, four years ago, they started to have the new lines of Macs come out. And while they still have the icon on there, they got rid of all the other ones. And they just replaced it with actual text to say what it does. And I'm a firm believer that you should say what something does instead of just trying to mess around or come up with some representation of it. I understand that there's some issues there with uh, localization, but like put a little more work into it to make sure that you are super-duper clear about what you're saying, and then don't take something that already exists and try to stick a new meaning on top of right. it. Unless you're Apple in the, what, 70s, 80s? Oh. Apple does what Apple does. Ha- yeah. Apple, Apple seems to
1: steer the, the ship when it comes to what icons and glyphs and stuff like that mean
0: yeah for better or for worse but like it, like eject is a thing that already exists and already does a specific thing it doesn't mean log me out it means get rid of this piece of media that i've got right but but that same argument would then apply to the
1: power button icon and that if i see it on an interface on a computer screen does that mean i'm going to now power down my computer because i also have a power button on my mac that has the same icon and is there right. is there confusion right. that's created because of that and so i i think that it's i would argue it's partially an an attempt at advancing things forward that you're trying to separate physical from virtual and that in the virtual world symbols can mean different things than what they mean in a physical world and by that i mean removable media or hardware right and so they're trying to say, though well, this is a, I mean, a so, dual use icon." Yes, it's not great. Yes, the eject button is probably not the right button. But,
0: but for the power button, so like you mentioned this when you we were talking about it yesterday too, like the context is important. And for us, seeing the power button in a web browser, we me, we know, or at least we assume, because we understand the privileges of a web browser in a modern operating system, that clicking that button isn't going to shut my computer down. But I would argue that for like my grandmother or even my mom, uh, like the difference between a web app and a regular app and what's going on in a computer is so confusing to people that they don't necessarily know what that button does. If they click it, and they have to experiment and see what it does. And if they click that button and it doesn't shut right. their computer down now, they know, but they didn't know that in the first place. And I can see a lot of people like a 70 year old woman who just uses it for like looking at Facebook and word processing, who sees that icon and then doesn't know if she can click that or not. Cause she doesn't want to turn her computer off. Right.
1: And I think that's, that's a big thing just in general and in, in design and, and, your comment right away was, why did they not just use text? Like, w- would it have been too much work to just yeah. have the word log out, log off, sign off, exit, quit? Like, literally any any piece of word or any piece of text would have been better than trying to replace it with a little glyph to be clever. Right. And yes, it's probably true. It is probably better to use text. Because then there's, there's no confusion over what the message is. There's nothing that can be misconstrued. It's just, here
0: is... Right. Here is what this button does, and then you know. Right. Right. And there's a few ch- there are a few places where I would say that that's not necessary, where you where space constraints or some other reason require you to use an icon over text. Like, can you imagine the Photoshop toolbar <laughs> if every single one of those icons was text? It would be a nightmare. It would be impossible to see what was going on there. Uh. But. For things that are not like new features or a ton of features like that, like when log out, when you have three things yes. in your uh, in, in your menu bar, like just, just yeah. say what you I,
1: mean. I was going to open Photoshop, then I realized while recording that's probably not advisable, so I will not do that. <laughs> but
0: uh, just, just just shut everything that. down. But even if you look at Photoshop, like there's a ton of stuff right. in there that is in text. There's if you actually look at the interface in there, there is very little that is an icon, or if there is an icon, as soon as you mouse over it, it tells you what it means. Uh, and they're often associated with a context that explains exactly what's going to happen when you do it, like the lock in the layer panel. So it'll show, show you like, okay, don't lock, it'll lock me from moving it, lock everything, lock me from drawing in it. There's right. lots of things like that.
1: And I think most of those things are also, you know, they are icons or images that have been used long enough that anyone using Photoshop with any basic Photoshop experience understands the metaphor each one of those icons is they know that the square that changes from dark to light right. is the gradient tool and so they don't need to have it right. explained or see the text to say gradient but even at that when you click on the tool like you said the tool tip comes out and says gradient tool or the paint
0: bucket tool that we've all seen right. since windows 95 god for the longest time i thought that was a diving board i never understood why that was related to filling the screen with with uh, a color because i just i looked at it and like oh it's clearly a diving board and it wasn't until i was like nine that i had an epiphany one day like oh my god it's what? a bucket of paint being tipped over What paint bucket tool <laughs> i don't understand how you see that look at it look at it claris works paint bucket claris works it was so because i'd never this, so this is a weird thing because i guess because i grew up in like the digital age or whatever like it just looked like some sort of weird diving board there's like the ladder if so if you look at on the right there there's like that the black thing coming out of it is like a ladder and it's sort of like at an isometric angle and there's like railings on there, even though one of them is like in the middle of it for some reason. I thought it was like this weird, I still kind I can't help but see it like that. It's like this weird kind of diving board thing. Um, but it, so that's an aside. All this is to say, like I think the best thing that Photoshop does is that they don't take icons that are used somewhere else and replace them with new functions here. So like the paint bucket tool is always a paint bucket tool. They've got a yes. gradient tool that's always for gradients, but they don't use that somewhere else to mean something different. Yeah. Um, so another icon that, uh,
1: since we've chased down two already, (laughs) a couple already, uh, another one, (laughs) I think I put this in the machine yesterday. Did I not? About the share button.
0: Oh yeah. Right. The, how there's so many
1: share buttons and none of them mean anything. So that's, that's another thing that, that bothers me. And this is probably a, a worse, I don't know if it's worse, but it feels worse to me than the. Power button, eject button, whatever for log out is the uh non standard usage, non uniformity, what's that considered? Disarray of the share button across different uh platforms, operating systems. Right. It's lack yes, of ubiquity. Thank you. Um like on yeah. on iOS you have the box with the up arrow, which as was pointed out in uh yep. the gizmodo thing it's gizmodo right now that i can't find my um
0: mm, yes okay it'll, give, it'll okay. be
1: in the show notes um but as i pointed out in that article or as they pointed out in that article the share button in ios is like an uploader button which doesn't
0: exactly make sense yes which i mistake all the time because in dropbox if you want to in the dropbox ios app i all the time whenever i want to add a file i click that and it share it's like oh damn it that's yes. not what i want
1: and even even more confusing. Are the things that they put in there that aren't share tools, which makes it even
0: like the actual like action yeah. extensions and stuff like that. Um well because but- what it's actually it's not the share, what they call it in iOS is it's like the uh do it's like I always think of it as the do more with this thing button, but it used to be a yeah. share button. And then on uh on Mac or on Mac
1: OS OS X, um they now use that same button, which just in Safari I just hovered over it mm-hmm. and it says share. Like that is your option. Under that. Yes, I know. It says, um,
0: yeah. But so, at least in iOS, it's because there's no real good way to communicate between applications besides using that previous, right. that thing right there. At least on OS X, right. it's only for sharing um, things.
1: But then you also have the confusion of, in slightly older versions of OS X, it was the rectangle with kind of a curved arrow that was like, take this and move it right. over here, which that that almost worked mm. as a way to share, like, visually because that, that didn't feel out of place it was mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna put it somewhere else over there and then you pick wherever it was gonna go but then
0: there's the, right and there's other share icons which are like the circles connected by lines and that one kind of makes sense to me too because you're like sharing it from a person to person you're making a network right. of stuff like that I think the problem here is that for a long time a lot of interactions that we did with computers were based on tools like physical things that were represented in the computer and then now they're being they're shifting away from like this noun based thing to more of a verb based thing and the problem is that it's really hard to come up with a single icon that represents a verb in a way that everybody right. understands like the sharing action is different in real life than it is online, but they're similar enough that you kind of conflate them, and so it's really hard to make an icon that works for both of them that everybody can understand right away.
1: Uh, I'm trying to look at at these other icons that are on here. I don't like any of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's so
1: many different things. (laughs) Well, and then a a, a new thing that was introduced in the latest uh, iOS, not the latest iOS, but in iOS 9, is this constant use of the, like ellipsis to imply more and that you can hit the ellipsis which then can bring up a menu essentially and within that menu you now put the share icon and so it's like and then you click something with it so all of a sudden you can be like five visual layers deep or four visual layers deep just to get to a button where you can now
0: copy a link or tweet a link they do that especially in yeah they do it especially in music even on desktop you see it all the time in the ios app but even on the desktop it goes to this weird little menu thing and then right there there's the share song share thing in there yeah and i don't know i mean you can spell things out but especially in mobile where space is such a constraint it becomes a lot harder to justify having to spell every single thing out so i don't i think apple does it Okay, in that they have a unified share icon everywhere, so even if though they muddy it up on iOS, at least like you know, if you tap that, you're gonna find something in there. That lets me send right. it to somebody else. Um, is there somebody to be lauded to the consistency there? Even if they switched it over from iOS six to seven, they shifted from that the, the icon, the, the curvy icon, which I think yes. was better. I think you're right; it was easier to understand to this other one. But I don't know if this. This is not a problem that I think will get solved easily. Um, and I really wonder if it's going to be a shift in the way that we use mobile applications it gets rid of the need for sh- a share icon like that at all, where if it becomes so built into the operating system itself that you just have a Facebook icon or you have something else like that that allows you to do it from within this menu without having to have a specific, like, to say, like, this is what I want to do. It's just so, like, I'm going to share it to here and right. here and here. But
1: then here. You, still, you still need some way to bring up that list because depending on what you have on your device, that can change. So then it's a question of what what makes more sense. And to me, it would make more sense to go back to that old icon that they had with the the sideways arrow and right. then figure out some way of saying this is for sharing and then some other icon that is this is for action extensions. Things like opening 1Password or uh, uploading yeah. to Dropbox or let me, I have to actually look to see what else is in that menu. There's a ton of stuff. I mean, it depends on what applications you have installed. the run workflow,
0: 1Password, saved. Save to Dropbox. Print, like. Oh well, yeah, that's right. Because there's the two different. There's the hierarchy in there now. There's like there's the top row, which is like for opening into other applications, and you have the bottom. And I can't really tell what the difference between those is because sometimes applications don't res- like. One of yeah. them is share options. Share activities. And even the share activities is different because there's on iOS there's the AirDrop, which gets its own priority at the very top of the screen. There's not a special AirDrop right. thing you tap. And then even more confusing is is how it changes
1: from place to place depending on what it is. Some things can share to some apps. Some things can't share to other apps. Like, yeah, just the the confusion of I, I can go to a photo and I can share it one way and I can go to a video and share it another way. And then here's a fun little trick. Select like 20 pictures in your camera roll and then click the share button. And that looks different than if you select five pictures because some services can't handle right. multiple or can't handle more than X number. No, I would just say it, it just adds extra confusion to it when you hit that button it's it's kind of like a roll of the dice as to what am i going to get for options here and and i've even had times where i open the share sheet or extension sheet whatever they call it share sheet i think is what they call it right little thing that pulls up yeah share Um, sheet i've had times where i open that like on a piece of text i like highlight some text and i click share and say i want to do something with this and it'll pull up a list of apps and then i'll cancel and i'll hit it again and the apps will be different and there'll be something new there depending on whether i click share or the little icon button yes which which just leads to more and more confusion which lack of clarity then makes people not use it or afraid to use it or it leads just leads to extra confusion basically
0: that's something chase had mentioned to me actually so i'm a firm believer in using my ipad when I go on the road, I use my iPad exclusively as my work device, mm-hmm. um, which works really well for me because the applications I use on a regular basis now have really strong ties to iOS so that allow me to share stuff in between them. But Chase was talking about how people in a group related to his don't like that at all; they don't use it because they don't—they didn't know they could. And I think that's a lot. Of it has to do with the fact that it's just—it's so muddy, it's so unclear, and there's so many different variations on it that nobody is willing to, to try it out, or they right. just don't know that they can. So, is the way that you fix this? Is it that you make even if the share icon is not the same across platforms, at least within a specific brand like Apple or Windows or, or Google or whatever, like it's always going to be the same icon, and then it's only for sharing. And then that means in iOS that you have to fix the whole sharing infrastructure between applications so that they can exchange data more freely without having to use some sort of icon that is for like sharing something to an application on my device versus sharing it to another person.
1: I mean, it would make sense to to try to do something to unify it and make it more consistent but the question is then does does the device make that much of a difference like you said in safari the share the share actions are different because you get the menu bar at the top that can give you some of those other features you can quickly switch between two windows and and you can copy a password from one password and paste it in in the other or use the one password um extension plug-in autofill auto tool yeah and you can do stuff like yeah. that um versus on mobile you're you're really kind of constrained to a single window so you don't realize i can interact with these other things or i can pull in these other things without an easy way an easy button that just says here's all the other things you can do with what's on the screen right now or where you are right now and
0: right right you know all this is to say that or is sort of predicated on the belief that it's easier to do it on desktop but like is that even the case because we're so used to it we know how all these things fit together i just thought about trying to explain how one password works to my mom and i cannot do it i can't figure out how i would explain like here's where it lives you have to use this key command but you can also do this and if that doesn't work you just have to copy and paste it in there like on desktop that seems like a, a hard thing to do on ios I don't think it's, I, I don't know how I could do that.
1: Uh, I don't know. I know I've had issues with, 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 that, with, with one password actually and trying to convince my wife to use it. And she's like, well, I'd, yeah. have, to, I'd have to log into all these things and save all my stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that's a one time affair. You do it, everything's good, and then you just log in on your phone. And then when you need to log into something, you just click right. the button. It's like, well, th- the first example that I tried to show her was logging into the Apple Developer Portal on my phone oh god and whatever html5 they're using when you try to use the action extension to fill it doesn't it doesn't fill the username yeah. or password and i was like okay well that was a uh, bad example yeah. and then now i have to go and copy one and then paste it in and then copy the other and paste it in or type it all in which isn't convenient and she's like well that didn't help me at all because i I could have just remembered the password what is that And it's like oh well, let me show you let me show you another service right. let me go to Uh, And I I told you about this. So I was like, oh, let me go to Verizon and do that. And I had changed my password and used one password to generate the password. And then it came back and it was like, oh, that password's incorrect. And I was like, what the hell? Well, it turns out Verizon has a 20 character limit, but you can paste in like a 26 character password and it'll just truncate it at 20 characters. But then when you actually go to sign in with the password, it doesn't truncate it at 20. It just tries to use all 26. And.
0: The whole thing bombs. I was like, what? So what it sounds like is what we really need is a complete rethink of how computers work from the bottom up. We can start at the kernel and build up from there, right? Because, like, now all the things that we do with computers that they weren't ever intended for, like, my God, even browsing the internet, but, like, anything closely related to security, like, everything that we built sort of jury rigged on top of this. Can you, like iOS is interesting because they have actual chips on the device that allow for security. And so they're starting to do that already. But a lot of the metaphors and stuff like that are still stuck in this previous version of how operating systems work, yeah. which is just sort of it's a big bucket that you dump stuff into. And the OS is its only responsibility to keep track of where things are and what resources they're using. And it's entirely up to the developer to make things actually usable and make sure that like the interactions and the back end of things that people have to deal with using the interface itself, mm-hmm. like the, the UI, it, it doesn't care what you do with that it it, it like it's totally agnostic to that and apple tried to fix it i guess with the uh the hig the human interface mm-hmm. guidelines but those are guidelines you don't have to stick with that and I, so i don't know if it's rules or if you make a system that is more uh opinionated about how things how interactions should work not just in terms of the the graphics on the screen but also like when you need to have a password, it should live in this central password vault, and then you can stick it in any one of these forms. And it's the developer's... Is it, like, the developer's responsibility to make sure that the forms are written in a way that the password manager can understand? Or should there be an overall guideline? Like, it just seems like you should start over from the beginning and have, like, security infrastructure built into every computer always, all the time. And then you should have, like file infrastructure built into everything and it's consistent across all these platforms so maybe the interface on top of it is different based on you know whatever people want but like the underlying systems the actual interactions there are always the same so that it's just like you can move from one to the other that's that's the utopia I guess I want to live in and my god in that case all the icons can be the same that's true all the icons can be the same you know what that platform is Java No. <laughs> no. get out of here
1: <laughs> I saw something recently, I don't remember, I'll, I'll see if I can find the link for it, that basically said, like, Java is the future of uh, everything, Every everything that, re- everything now relies on Java, and that if everything was just built on Java, instead of all these other things, no more PHP, no more whatever, like, get rid of everything, just use Java from the ground up, and Java is the thing that fixes everything. And it's like, well, that's great, right. except for the whole, like, Java gets updated every other day, because there's vulnerabilities every other day. <laughs>
0: right i mean they're not wrong it turns out if you build everything on the same platform then like things are going to wind up being roughly the same but there's all this stuff and i think we'll talk about this next week or the week after sometime in the future like desktop neo which is this really cool idea of like totally rethinking of how we interact with like the desktop interface mm-hmm. it's really cool it's kind of it's got some mobile influences but it doesn't really try to be mobile on desktop uh But it's still, I see it as a skin to the underlying interaction problems with a desktop computer in general. Like, you still have to go to the internet to access things. You still have this file infrastructure to work with. And you don't necessarily have any tags or anything like that are still on there. There's just not a lot of intelligence there that requires a lot of work on the part of a user to figure out what's going on. Right. And that's because the computer, like, fundamentally hasn't changed since the 70s. Yeah. It hasn't changed since Unix. Yeah. Which, ironically, is the backbone for all of Apple's stuff. (laughs) Right, it's the backbone of Apple. It's the backbone of Linux, and because the Linux and Apple have become so dominant in the last couple of years, it also means that Windows is looking more and more like Linux these days, or is looking more and more like right. Unix. And it's crazy that, like, in the past forty years, we have like the internet, we have constant, always-on things talking to each other, sensors, telephones, smartphones. Everything is all like it's this huge revolution in how we actually interact with computers day to day, but it's all still built on a a, a paradigm that's forty years old. Yeah. You know what? uh, uh,
1: Thinking about this uh, Java thing, you know who does a really good job of making a platform agnostic system that I feel like in the future we're going to see more and more and more of is Google, because Mm -hmm. with their Chromebooks and stuff like that, it's all web based. Right. As long as you have a modern browser, air quotes, (laughs) modern browser, um, right? Chrome. Chrome. Firefox, Safari, I guess if, if you had to pick. Yeah, but for Google well, it's yeah. only Chrome. That's what they consider. Um, but go, yeah. That you get the same experience no matter what. Whether I'm on a Windows machine, a Mac, a Chromebook, uh basically an iPhone that that everything is in the same spot, the things are the same because they're all rendered using the same backend. And that I think that's right. that's more what we're we're pushing for in the future or moving towards in the future. I think is yeah. more of this. Your things exist, and it it's funny because now it goes back to two thousand seven, Apple and Steve Jobs saying the future is is web apps, and that's how you're going to make apps is on the web. And then we <laughs> we created all, we we yeah, all right. of a sudden fractured everything, and Android uses the Android SDK, and iOS uses. uses their thing and windows uses their thing and blackberry still exists i guess and so (laughs) everybody has their own like proprietary version of these things and that google's basically saying hey we made a way so it works on everything by just using
0: the internet so but that requires you to put an awful lot of trust in your provider to like not screw things up and to keep your data safe and that's what freaks out a lot of people like the idea of not having control over their system is i think to nerds, like and or people who like kind of are thinking about this stuff more, it freaks them out. But I think you're right. By and large, that's going to result in better uh, uh, user experience for people because they don't have to worry about all this sort of thing. And it also allows you to sort of neatly sidestep the issue of a uh, uh, consistent backbone because you could like sort of you can write from the ground up an entirely new operating system that takes into account the way people use things now and actually make it easier to do those right. things people always like to talk about like building sharing deep into the operating system and that I think that's important and i don't really think anybody's done that yet because it's impossible to think about how to do that with the current way that systems work it, you, you want to do stuff like sharing and text but not just text like rich text and text with images and text with moving images and text that ties into the, to the internet and then you want to have like messages in there and if you want to have or not messages you want to have uh, uh, like payments and stuff built into everything too there's a lot of stuff if you're going to start over based on how people use it today it would, an interface would be totally different than how you do it if you were doing it 40 years ago
1: and it would all disappear every 6 seconds
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah
1: rich text and disappearing images
0: there's a lot of really interesting stuff that people have been working on for rich text. Um, right, yeah, everything is Snapchat, right? Uh, but it's kinda like everything is Snapchat already now. Like we use GIFs and emoji and Snapchat to communicate a lot of different in a lot of different avenues and they're all isolated in these separate applications when it makes no sense for them to not be combined together and like Like if my primary purpose of using a phone is for social reasons, and I would say 99% of the time, like I'm doing it to talk to somebody or to do some sort of social interaction with it. How crazy is it that everything is all siloed off in its own channels where I can't, they can't talk to each other. I can't take a Snapchat and then transfer it over somewhere else. Or I can't take a GIF and one thing necessarily, or easily anyway, and stick it in a message or stick it in a Snapchat. And that's because there's no centralized infrastructure for these social things like that. And it's bonkers for a telephone. And that's because telephones went from being social devices to being computers with social stuff tacked on top. And now, I mean, they're primarily their social computers, but they're just not designed that way. They're designed to be computers. And the primary use for them is these social applications.
1: So what's the solution other than rebuilding everything?
0: The solution is to not use eject icons for log off. Oh, I'm Sorry. What the solution is now? Eject icons. My, my thought on icons is: if you have, if you can't say what you mean, use an icon. And if you're going to use an icon, make it as clear as possible. And for God's sake, don't reuse an icon that is already being used somewhere else for your own purposes.
1: So, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, everything is terrible. People are people. Stuck. Icons are the worst. Computers are terrible. Why did I dedicate my life to this?
1: <laughs> Sometimes. We make the wrong decisions, and we don't realize it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chase did it right. He got out of the game early by having another kid. Yeah.
1: Congratulations to him.
0: He's not here, but congratulations yeah. to him.
1: He'll listen, I'm sure. Uh. Well, with that, I suppose you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash five. You can send us your questions on Twitter at underscore Interface FM because somebody stole the good one. We're on Facebook. You can search Interface Podcast and uh, look for the little uh, finger cursor. If you're into conversation on Reddit, you can join the discussion each week at r slash Interface Podcast. And uh, with that, we'll catch you all next week.
0: You can also find the show notes for this episode at www.eject.mom. Thanks to Hover. Thanks, Hover.